On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we talk to Bill Simmons about whether fantasy football should extend through the NFL playoffs. We also look at the Chiefs and Buccaneers offseason outlooks and whether Jared Goff and Blake Griffin should be roommates in Detroit. Maybe. We'll see. Stick around. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Bill Simmons will be joining us later on the episode, and we will also be going through Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers offseason outlooks for fantasy. But first, the Lions traded Stafford to the Rams for Jared Goff. That was crazy. <laughs> Did you guys see the Rams being the trade target there? That was kind of a random weird Probably thing. not. I don't think anyone had that penciled in. <laughs> I didn't think they had any first round picks left. I was I'll be totally honest. When that when I heard they traded, I was like, for what? Like what do they have? <laughs> it's like your friend who's broke and still finds money to buy drugs. And you're like, where are you even getting this from? Finding first round picks in the couch cushions for like McVeigh's pool house he offered up to Dan Campbell. No, it's Cliff Kingsbury's house. Do you think Sean McVeigh lives in Cliff Kingsbury's house? Haven't you seen Sean McVeigh had a pool house where he's oh, playing yeah, with was his on dog. Hard knocks. That was when he kept <laughs> teaching his dog to bounce a ball off his face like he was a seal. And it's like, dude, that probably freaking hurts the dog, <laughs> Damn man. It. You guys want to know a weird thing about Jared Goff and Matt Stafford? Yes. I mean, yeah. Jared Goff has more Pro Bowl appearances than Matt Stafford. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> How fucking weird is that? <laughs> Holy I don't cow. Like that. <laughs> That's wild. Well, wait, DK, you mentioned the picks thing. I do want to shout out just this thing that blew my mind, which is that the Rams didn't make a first round pick during the Trump administration. And then now they yeah. won't have one till like the last year of the Biden administration. And it's just like, it's hilarious. It's <laughs> you're the draft analyst here, DK. You're the guy who grinds all the tape. Mm. Our first round picks overrated. Like are the Rams onto something here? Or are they just absolute psychos? Well, let's keep in mind here that these picks are likely going to be late in the first round. If the Rams are decent, likely is yeah. And I'm not a hundred percent sure, but likely like later around 18 to 25 ish yeah. or whatever. Mm. But um, I mean, they're hoping it's 32, right? And so I think, yeah, they are overrated a little bit. Like everyone treats first round picks like they are solid gold when in reality, you know, a lot of first round picks do, do not pan out. I, I don't know what the hit rate is necessarily. There's different ways of measuring it. But end of the day, like flip a coin and this guy might, flip a coin and this guy will be like a long-term really good starter for you at best and like even way way lower odds it'll be like a star you know what i mean so them 
kind of going, zigging while everyone else is zagging, going and using those picks for established guys that you know are going to be good, even if they are more expensive and, and hurt your cap situation more. I think there's something to it. I think it's very interesting, and it's not something that every team does. I don't necessarily know if it's the right move, but I do think, generally speaking, like you said, the first-round picks are overrated. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting that they less need the GM for the Rams made the RG3 trade like eight years ago. It was his first big trade, and they got all these picks for him. And they did like nothing with it. They got Michael Brockers, a very solid lineman out of it. They got like three or four years of Jonas Jenkins. And that was it for RG3. And then they did the opposite and sold everything to get the first pick to take Jared Goff. Exactly. So I think that it says something that Les <laughs> yeah. need, who's not like one of these Wall Street people who took over a team. He's a scout. And there's a scout talent guy who's like, I don't want picks. He's not some GameStop shorter like these guys are out. You know, <laughs> He's not one of those. He's not a hedge fund guy. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's actually deep fucking value. That's Les Snead. <laughs> okay, so that's the deal. Let's go through just kind of the the fortunes of the players, various players involved here. Not that everyone's thinking about fantasy right now, but I do think fantasy is an interesting gauge here of just generally how this is going to go. Let's start with the Rams. Stafford, stock up, right? Stock up. Big winner here. Oh, got to be. A lot, yeah, for me. I love this. I love this fit. Stafford, every stat that I've seen since we saw this trade go down is like Stafford is really fucking good on play action. He's really good <laughs> deep, really good intermediate. Goff sucks at all three of those. Well, not just, he does lately anyway, like the last two years. Um, he obviously, Goff was really good for a couple of years there, but he's just completely fallen off. I don't know what the deal is, but I think it's a perfect fit in terms of Stafford's skill set, his strengths with what McVeigh wants to do. So I'm excited about this. A lot of people were poo-pooing this on Twitter, and I get it because Twitter Stafford sucks. has been, I don't know, Stafford's been one of those guys where I think there, it, he's he's a player kind of like in the, um, maybe Andrew Luck vein where expectations were sky high, ridiculously high coming into the league, and, and maybe he didn't live up to those. But at the same time, I still think he's a really good quarterback. So I think he has a chance in this in this system to be a really good quarterback in real football and in fantasy. None of the Rams are going to shit talk Jared Goff ever, nor should they. But you're going to hear a lot of, man, I love playing for Matt Stafford. He's just a special guy. <laughs> great leader. You know what I mean? It's just like the yeah, app, yeah. like the positive comments you're going to hear will right. paint, you know, you're, it's going to be like, well, what's outside the frame of this picture here? Yeah, it'll illuminate <laughs> yeah. some other Read things. between the lines, I think. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stafford is going to be the most interesting fantasy discussion come the offseason. There's mm -hmm. I, there's totally going to be two camps. It's like whatever J.J. Zacharyson chooses of like, actually, this is going to be fucking incredible. Or like, if you really look at the numbers, like we actually don't, we're not too excited about this. Like, I kind of have no idea how people are going to see this, but I think there's a chance that he's like the sixth quarterback taken off the board because people yeah. are like, look at that Rams-Chiefs game 2018. Like, what if that's Stafford? Like, what if that's Stafford yeah. every week now with the Rams? I think the biggest winner here actually is, the, is Cam Akers, the running back for the Rams, because here's the thing. McVay is the youngest head coach in NFL history, but like he's really just a 70 year old man at heart. Like, I get he's like, you know, he's supposed to be- He's just you know, John Gruden light. Yeah, he's- yeah, He's, he's fake just, sharp. He doesn't have- <laughs> <laughs> but he just wants doesn't to run. have a life. He, <laughs> he just goes to run the ball. And he wants to yeah. run the ball. He's like this kind of, he doesn't go for a fourth down. He's not like, he doesn't have the coaching young characteristics you might associate with a young coach. Right. He's right. kind of conservative and he wants to run. He just is he's kind of. He's Pete Carroll with a more creative scheme. Exactly. And so I actually think that <laughs> now that this, the Rams have a more diverse offense and they'll be able to just. It's not rocket science. Do more things. That will make it easier for them to run the ball. And Cam Akers will, I, I think he's going to be higher up relatively yeah. to other running backs than Stafford will to quarterbacks. 
I think Stafford is probably going to be overdrafted this next season and Cam Akers. Well, we'll see he'll what happens under, with yeah. the hype, but he'll be underdrafted. I agree. So, you think Cam Akers will be underdrafted? I think that, well, I don't know exactly where the narrative right now is. I don't. I think Akers has a chance to be like a top five back in 2021. Do you think he'll be that? Do you think he'll be picked like that? I think that fantasy coverage is, is too... It's ever present now. Yeah. Be, there's no way that by the time, yeah, by the time it all people rolls won't just have so much smoke blown up Cam Akers' ass that I guarantee you he'll be a top. He'll be what Clyde Edwards Hilaire was this year. The only way to find like a un, like an unloved gem in fantasy these days is to do what Craig did last year and just be like, oh, everyone hates David Johnson. Fuck it, I love David Johnson. I'm a David <laughs> you really, Johnson. Really, literally, just have to go like. Pick pick against the grain. It's yeah. impossible to be contrarian, or it's impossible to find <laughs> a true. sleeper without somebody having already said it. Sleeper yeah, is yeah. sleeper's kind of dead. We need a better word for sleeper. We got to start working on that. Yeah, I kind of think that one of the secret winners of the Rams' twenty twenty one potential could be whoever their deep threat is. Right? We know Stafford's this mm. great deep ball thrower. Like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup aren't really that, and so they have Van Jefferson, who's like not a big deep ball guy, and they have Josh I don't think Reynolds. So, yeah. Josh Reynolds is an unrestricted free agent, so who knows if they'll re-sign him. He was a good deep ball guy at Texas A&M. Like, I think if they bring in, like, I don't know, some Martavis Bryant type, you know, like, you go get some, like, lanky streaker guy. Like, he John could be Ross. a real asset. No, John oh, Ross. my God. I will never want to hear John Ross's name ever again. I hate him so <laughs> I did much. That just but the point is, I knew it would I, trigger fuck you him. for triggering me. But the point <laughs> is, I think that his speed threat won't be a real player. Like, it'll be like, who is it? Uh, Torrey Smith on the Eagles Super Bowl team. Like they should, they should go get Henry Ruggs. I know he's like yeah. on the Raiders. No, but I, but I like, think I like this for Robert Woods too. I like this for all the Rams pass catchers. I, did too. I don't. Uh, yeah. I think it just works. Honestly, it doesn't change their stocks a ton though. I think that's that. It's just fun. The Lions also. Yeah. I I wouldn't even draft Goff this year unless it's a two quarterback league. He kind of sucks. I think it's. I, I I don't think this is good for Hawkinson. I don't think. It, I mean, biggest loser here is Galladay, right? Well, Kevin Kenny Galladay is a free agent. Marvin he's Jones a free agent, is a free so, agent. Yeah. So the reality is. This Goff trade doesn't affect Hawkinson's value at tight end as much as whether Galladay returns or not or whether Marvin Jones Jr. returns or not. That's a bigger deal. I don't think that this changes a ton for the Lions other than oh, their offense was probably worse. Yeah, I think maybe Swift, Swift is slightly is. drops back. Maybe Hawkinson stays the same, to be honest. Like, Goff it depends is short... what happens with Galladay and Jones. It's, it's really hard to figure out what this means for anyone when we don't know about their top two receivers. I kind of think regardless of who their receivers are, even if Galladay stays or they let him go, that Hawkinson will continue to be the best option on that team from a passing perspective. Did you know guys know that Kenny Galladay is 27 years old? Is that old or young? I feel like I haven't seen him play enough football to be 27 years old already. <laughs> I believe he, when he came out, he was a little bit older. He's an older prospect. So, yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, I don't think he... Well, this, if anything, don't you think this probably cements him not becoming... Or not staying I don't think he comes back. I don't think he comes yeah. back. He's He's been hurt too much. It doesn't make sense. I, I I doubt he'll be back. He's quietly a pretty nice little option there. I know everyone's talking about where's Allen Robinson going to go and stuff like that. Galladay would be a nice little pickup. Yeah, if he plays. Okay. One last thing here. Uh, worst possible destination, regardless of fit, for Jared Goff to go is Detroit, right? From L.A.? <laughs> Wow. It, are you talking like culture? Like, Just across uh, weather. the weather, Weather, <laughs> culture. I mean, has Jared Goff ever left California? He's from California. He went to Cal and he's played in LA. So this is the first time he's ever been employed or spent any significant time outside the state of well, California. Well, they have an indoor stadium, so it's whatever. But no, I, I know, I'm, but like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not like he's going to somewhere kind of like cool. He's not going to Boston. Like he's going to fucking Detroit from LA. 
Sorry to tell the people who Well, here's the thing to me. I am not going to comment on the character of Detroit as a city. What I will say is (laughs) what I think is hilarious about this is that Dan Campbell, the coach of the Lions, comes out and is like, we're going to bite people's kneecaps and shit and all that stuff he said in his press conference, which was both taken out of context and also got exactly as much attention as it deserved. Mm -hmm. However, the first move they make is get Jared Goff, who is many things. I have never once thought of him as, that's a kneecap biter right there. He's not a real world beater, Jared Goff. No, Jared Goff is this rah-rah warrior dude mentality quarterback to lead this group of like tough-minded, hard-nosed, we're going to be the culture of Detroit as a city. We're Motor City. You knock us on our butt. We get back up. You knock us down again. We get up twice as fast. Meanwhile, Jared Goff gets kicked out of L.A., and he's like, I got and like there's anonymous sources that say he got railroaded. I'm like, that doesn't sound like he's just getting up. But I don't know. It just literally it's not the culture that I've Who heard would in that be? press conference. Who would be the best fit for this, by the way, if every quarterback was a free agent? Some like <laughs> Roethlisberger in a vacuum. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah, no, Buffalo and Detroit. Josh are, Allen, yeah, I, I actually, think Josh yeah. Allen makes sense. You know, Jerry Goff and Blake Griffin should start a podcast. <laughs> They both seem like they've both done improv in their lives. I bet Jared. Well, Goss they're just two improv. LA guys who got who got sent off to Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. They could be roommates. They could buy a house so big they don't have to see each other if they. It's a they, reality they don't show want. waiting to happen. Uh, yeah, I would love to see Blake Griffin just doing improv in like class, like with Jared Goff and Jared Goff is like giving notes and that bustling Detroit comedy scene. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I'm being so mean to Detroit. We love Detroit. Yeah, you're being an asshole right now. All these Detroit yeah. listeners are just like, what the There's fuck, There's a good Craig? TV show called You've The Detroit. Coastal Elite just like rearing your bias. Why don't you go visit the goddamn country, Craig? Okay. Oh, the I'm pandemic. so sorry. But anyway. All right, let's move on. <laughs> All right, the Chiefs are playing the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Why don't we talk about that? Okay. Sure, sure. We'll get to the preview of this game on Friday. We're also going to talk about this later at length with Bill, about what we've, with Bill Simmons, about what we think about this game. But for right now, we're going to talk just the offseason, where we think fantasy-wise these guys might land in 2021, how we're feeling so let's start with the Chiefs. I mean, it's just so Mahomes is the number one quarterback. Kelsey's the number one tight end. Tyree Kill is at worst the like at worst the, Third. the fifth best receiver. And like that's I can't even imagine him being lower than that. Realistically, he's top three. <laughs> Do you guys I mean, is there any even qualms with any of that? It's just more of a question of is Kelsey the eighth pick or the eleventh than yeah. whether he's tight end one. When I was putting in, I was putting in some numbers with all these guys just to kind of like give some context. It's like Mahomes finished as the QB three this this year, which was only six points off the QB one. So he was in in, you know in effect a QB one ish. He was a QB eight in twenty nineteen, but he was QB three in points per game. He was a QB one in twenty eighteen. So it's like this feels like his area. He's living in it. Like one through three. There's not a whole lot to talk about here unless he gets hurt. Like he's gonna be in that area. I feel like he's probably gonna be number one. It's just a matter of how high you take them. Like, he's not a second rounder, but, like, is he a third rounder? Right. Tyreek Hill, same deal. I think, like, you know, you can pencil him for a top five receiver. Travis Kelsey's almost certainly going to be the tight end one again. And so there's not a lot to talk about with these guys, I don't don't think. Honestly, it's just predicting when Kelsey's cliff is going to— Craig, did you want to talk about Kelsey at all? I wanted to just talk about, I think that there's going to be no conversation around Tyreek or Mahomes. I think they're both like 26. They'll be fine. Kelsey, I wanted to see if we could predict the year that the tight end falls off. Like if it's, Mm -hmm. you know, can we see? Because Kelsey will be 32 at the start of the season next year. So I just, I I went back and I looked at like all the great tight ends. Tony Gonzalez, Witten, Gronk, Antonio Gates, Jimmy Graham, Greg Olson. Like the probably the six best fantasy tight ends of the last decade. Just to see when it ended. Tony Gonzalez, it never ended. His last season, he had yeah. almost 900 yards and eight touchdowns. Jason and he was Witten, 37. 
and he's 37. Jason Witten at age 32 was his first beer drop-off. Gronk at age 29, he started to get hurt. He had a bad season. Antonio Gates, he was 35. He started to get hurt, lose efficiency. Jimmy Graham was around 31. It was that last year in Seattle. He only had 500 yards, but he had 10 touchdowns. So it kind of didn't seem like he was falling off, but it was really a 400-yard drop from the year before. He was the Mike Evans season that season. He, he was just like a goal line he, guy. He was the tight end fullback that year. And then Greg <laughs> yeah. Olson was around age 32. He got hurt and never was the same. So Kelsey is pretty much, if you had to average these out, it's probably around 33. Yeah. Kelsey might be, I don't know if we think physically he's more of an anomaly than these guys, but... Well, he's certainly in a he's certainly in a, a unicorn offense with a unicorn quarterback. He's also healthier, and he doesn't have to block like those guys had to block. Which fucking a sucks. lot of these guys are really blocking, healthy though. Blocking linebackers and defensive linemen sucks. He doesn't have to do that. And here's the thing: when a lot of times when players fall off, they you start to show it at the end of a season, and no one wants to really say anything because they're a legend. And then you go to the next season, and it kind of happens, right? That's not what happened with Kelsey. Kelsey had 13 catches for like 120 yards in the AFC Championship game a week ago. Like, this guy is like still... A, he, here's the thing. Yeah, he's going to be 32 or whatever next year. He's peaking. This is literally the best season he's ever had. I, yeah, I think the, the bottom line is I am not yet concerned of a cliff no. coming. <laughs> no, it's not there yet. The only yeah. worry you have to have is perhaps one <laughs> age older of Travis, Kelly, Travis Kelsey's hamstrings. Like, he pulls something and he misses eight games this year. Like, that's the thing... That would kill you, is if he just gets some nagging injury. Keep those things lubricated. But you, that's not going to make you not draft him. Yeah. He needs what Will Fuller was taking. Again, I'm just going to say this one more time for the people in the back. Last year, in half PPR leagues, Travis Kelsey had 260 fantasy football points, which was more than double than every single fantasy football tight end, except for like the top five guys. It's a good point, Hyph. It's like if he puts double, up some... Doubled everybody except five people. You're right that like <laughs> the eye test, like if he has a fantastic game in the Super Bowl, like what's going to change in six months to where he's going to be that much worse come September? Like he'll, he'll be relatively the same guy. Even if he's slightly over the hump, like it's still, like you said, so much better than everybody else. Okay, DK, what about Clyde? Everyone thought he'd be good, including us. Then he sucked. Mm. Then he got yeah, hurt. He's and... all right. I think... I think it's all relative. So he finished as the RB18, RB23 in points per game. He's averaged 12.2 points. Uh, I think the big thing, honestly, with his usage was he had like six rushes inside the, uh, basically at the goal line in week one. And he got stuffed on every single one of them. And then he essentially got banished from goal line situations <laughs> for the rest of the year. The question it's like is Dark Knight Rises, death or exile. <laughs> yeah. So that hurt, that obviously hurt his value a lot in fantasy. I mean, he got 181 rushes, 803 yards, only four touchdowns. He had 54 targets through the air, 36 catches, 297 yards, and a touchdown. I, I could honestly see those numbers going up as a sophomore in the league, you know, second year in the league. Um, so I think he has a chance to improve. But I, the big thing is honestly going to be can he start scoring some more touchdowns? Because, you know, you have these three down guys that are, you know, the dominant running backs in the league are scoring a lot of touchdowns. And so, um, is that's he the me is the question. Yeah. Is he going to be the guy that just, uh, just gets taken off the field every time they get inside the 10 yard line? Hopefully not, but it's tough to predict that. You know, a rookie season of the, if you, it doesn't look good when you look at it, like what DK just read out, but like his rookie season had 1100 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. It's not, a he did not suck. I would say it was definitely not what we expected. And that was disappointing. Yeah. Okay, fine. He was disappointing. <laughs> but I think I think he might end up being underdrafted next year because I do think he's still going to be in that offense that we love. He's still got a chance to 
catch more passes than he did this season. And I think his overall volume could go up. It, it, and again, I, I just think the touchdown thing is going to be hard to predict. Classic example of like a post-type sleeper. Same, I think, mm-hmm. with Nico Hardman, who was a trendy kind of high upset draft pick. Didn't really work. I think that him, Clyde and Nico Hardman are both going to be guys that the the shine or the polish is kind of worn off, but could be yep. pretty freaking great. Yep. Okay, let's switch to the Bucks. Weird team. The 43-year-old quarterback is like the biggest lock to return on the whole offense, which is weird. <laughs> the running back situation is right. odd. Leonard Fournette's a free agent. Gronk is a free agent. Obviously, if he wants to come back, I imagine he could. Chris Godwin's a free agent. And then usually you'd say, oh, well, they'll bring him back. But, you know, you never know because, well, actually, the Bucks have a lot of cap space. So if they want him back, they could bring him back, you'd think, or franchise tag, whatever. But either way, this, this offense won't look quite the same way. So let's, I mean, let's just start with Brady. 40 touchdown passes this season. He's going to be 44. I don't think we have to pretend anymore that age matters with this dude. He's from a different planet. So is he a top 10 quarterback again in like 2021? Seems insane to say. I would guess like if you're going to do the over under on top 10, I'd probably guess the over in the sense that he'll be the QB nine, QB 10, QB nine or whatever. I don't really know if I see him being like a QB3, QB4 type player just because he's so slow. Like he's not going to contribute. Do you think you guys are faster than Tom Brady? Yeah. (laughs) I do. I think I think think You think you're faster than Tom Brady? I thought you were going to say no and Craig was going to say yes. Well, let me me rephrase it. I think I'm quicker than Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) He might be able to like, he might be able to like, you know, stride it out over long distances better than I can. I bet you yeah, I could, I bet you I could beat him in like a sprint. Yeah, like tag. <laughs> like if you had to play tag with Tom Brady, do you think you could get him more than he got you? Uh, I think I could get away from him. Wow. If I was trying to are... escape from Tom Brady, I think I could out. out I feel like him. you've been watching him run from defensive ends for 20 years and it's skewed <laughs> yeah, your thoughts of his athleticism. I'm sure there's, yeah, th- that is definitely true. That's Craig just true. bursting at the seams here. Talk about how much faster and agile you are than Tom Brady, Craig. I, I, well, I'm trying to be respectful because I'm trying to be like, am I an idiot? <laughs> I'm trying to think like, am I an idiot for thinking that I could outrun? Because I don't think I'm particularly a fast person. I think I'm like very average speed. <laughs> uh, I kind of think I could. What do you think he, what, what's his 40 time right now? Like five, three? Yeah. I think I could run faster than five, three. Five, three is a stupid, I hate 40 yard dash. I'm rethinking, I'm rethinking my analysis now. I'm think, I'm pretty <laughs> slow these days. I don't think you could catch Tom Brady. At all. Yeah, imagine, I think imagine, you're probably right. You're probably imagine right. if you escaped a sack from one NFL defensive end, you'd be thinking about it for years. Tom Brady literally does that all the time. I'm pretty old and creaky at this point, so yeah. I think Tom Brady's not going to be a sexy draft pick next year because we talked about this at the start of this year. Like When you draft a guy you know, as like the 10th pick off the board, the 10th quarterback off the board, the whole point is that you hope he can be like the QB3, which is why people took Josh Allen this year. Brady, I feel like, is kind of locked into what he's going to do. Like, he's just going to be, like, the QB eight's probably, like, his ceiling. So I don't know if he'll oh, be a particularly I, I, sexy pick. I could not disagree more with what? what you just said. Because that's not... Every quarterback this year who's the top six ran. They're no, I'm all not running saying guys. That, no, I'm not disagreeing with that Tom Brady's fast. <laughs> I'm saying, disagreeing with when you take the QB eight, it's Tom Brady is in this... Is not so... He's not a normal fantasy player. People want Tom Brady on their team. The biggest apprehension. I don't about believe draft- that. I, I think you overvalue that. Wait, when you go into regular ass fantasy drafts, there's not always one or three owners that are just like, I just want no. certain no. players on my team, and Tom Brady's just what? No, I don't live with a bunch of guys from Massachusetts. No one cares that Tom Brady's on their team. It doesn't matter. They want to win the fantasy league. They're going to take Matt Stafford over him. 
I think Brady, more, literally more than any player, just has a lot of people who are just like, I just want Tom Brady on my team. He's really good. He's still on the board. What are people doing? He's not even that like fun to watch. Like I get it if you're like, oh man, I just want to have Tyree Kill on my team. He just like goes deep. But Brady, I don't know. I don't. I don't agree with that. He's a popular guy. Maybe you should look into this. Why don't you read his Wikipedia? People get it. I don't know if they're like forty-four-year-old Brady. I gotta have him. <laughs> I, 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 I could not disagree more. All right. Maybe we'll do a poll. We could do a poll. All right. Let's look at the receivers for a second. DK, you think they're going to bring back English? Do you think they're going to bring back Chris Godwin? And if so, Ooh, that's tough. What happened? Because he was such a popular sleeper in 2019, somehow delivered on all of the hype and more. And then like a weird 2020. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of different things happening in that offense. Obviously, they went from Jameis to Brady. Brady had to get up to speed in that offense. Godwin got hurt. He missed five games. He, he did end up finishing as the wide receiver 20 in points per game. So he's like a low-end wide receiver too. He wasn't worthless by any means, but he definitely wasn't the top five guy that we saw the year before. Man, I don't really know, honestly, if it, if they're going to bring him back. That's a tough one. I think they're going to try, but he's going to be, he's going to have the opportunity to get like paid because he's young, really explosive, has produced. Um, very versatile type guy. He's going to be, I think he's going to be really coveted on the open market. So they might not be able to keep him. If it, if they do win a Super Bowl, it probably will help them keep him around just because he can, you know, have a chance to run it back. But at the end of the day, I think, I feel like most players are going to pick the team that pays them the most money <laughs> or it, yeah. maybe go to a team with a good quarterback, obviously. I almost think they might have a better chance if they lose because if you win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady, you're a made man and you can like, all right, let me go get my yeah. money. But if you lose and Brady's running it back, you're like, no, well, fuck it. Let me win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. I can't leave yet. Yeah, that's true. All right. La most, lastly and most importantly, more important than Tom Brady, more important than everything else going on in America. Leonard Fournette. Impending free yeah. agent. DK. First of all, is Leonard Fournette good anymore? <laughs> Or was he ever good? Was he ever good? Was it all a, was it all a dream? Uh, so I'm writing about Leonard Fournette this week, actually heading into the Super Bowl, and um, I think that there you have to go back to like not only was he one of the top recruits coming out of high school, like in the country, he by some according to some places he was the number one recruit. He was clearly the number one running back recruit that year. Like he had size, speed, versatility, all that stuff. He was really good in college. LSU. Um, I don't think he was ever necessarily as good as the hype would say because, like, you know, he, he, they took him fourth overall, and I don't, he wasn't like a change the franchise type player, but very few running backs are these days, right? Like, I would say even like Zeke has not lived up to the fourth overall pick or whatever. What, what was he, fourth or third or whatever it was? I think Zeke was fourth, Fournette was fourth, McCaffrey was yeah. like eighth, Saquon was second. None of those guys are worth that draft capital. So when you're use when you when you're I think when you're using that as the barometer, I would say he's been disappointing. Um just from the highly hyped running back point of view, he's he's been very disappointing relative to some of his peers like McCaffrey, Saquon, Ezekiel Elliott, all those guys. Like he just hasn't been as dynamic or good. So I would say he's not as good as the hype would it would have indicated and I don't know if he's a good player. I think he's a solid running back at this point in his career. I do think his late season run where he's taken over as a starter and kind of like given Brady this reliable checkdown option, you know, the passing game, all this stuff, it's bought him a new lease on his career because I think halfway through the year I would have probably thought he might not even be in the league in 2021. But That's now crazy. I think 
I think he's earned himself a spot on a roster, potentially a pretty like highly used spot, you know, on a team next year. So I, I do think it's been a pretty big shift for him over the last like, you know, two months or so when he's when he's gone from being a healthy scratch in week fourteen to, you know, like the main guy in the Buccaneers backfield in the Super Bowl. Were you really doubting whether he was going to be in the league? I mean, we've seen so like number one, it's just cheaper to draft a guy and and develop him um, in a in a cap strapped year where the the salary cap is shrinking. Like no one's going to pay him top dollar certainly, and and then I could I I could have seen a scenario where he just ends up getting cut at cut downs. Like he probably land with a team, but then you know the team just ends up going with like a young guy instead. Like there's that to me wouldn't have been wild. Is the Super Bowl? More important to Leonard Fournette's career than any other player in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I like how. No, I don't think so. But like, it's on the list. Certainly, you know, it's like maybe five <laughs> or six, five. five or six down. I think it's important for him because he can change the narrative, and that's what I'm kind of writing about this off this this week. Is he can change the narrative of his career because he he went from, you know, it, like I said, in the course of a few weeks, going he went from basically being like this guy's pretty much done, like his career is <laughs> over to. You know, he's buying this new, like, lease. I don't think he's going to be a star ever again, but I think he's got a chance to be, like, a serviceable, productive, reliable guy. It's also weird that he's thriving as a checkdown guy. Like, it's just the most bizarre he's, landing yeah. spot for him career-wise. He's rebranded as... Who who does he even compare to? Because he's huge. Like, he's rebranded as, like, a as like an Austin Eckler-type back, but he's, like, so much bigger. It's kind of strange. It's like, you know what? Yeah. You guys ever have, like, a really big dog that thinks it's like a little dog and just, just like tries <laughs> yeah. to get in your lap. And you're like, you're 80 pounds, bro, lap. get off me. You know what's funny about Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones is, I, I, Ronald Jones is signed for one more year in Tampa Bay. I think Ronald mm-hmm. Jones is like a lot better than Leonard Fournette at running the football. I think Ronald Jones is kind of good. Do you guys What agree? does it say that Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones are of similar talent level? Jones is better right now, even though Ronald Jones has an obvious quad injury that he barely can walk after he breaks off a large run, and he's still better than Leonard. Two twenty-five yard runs every game, and, and then he's limps li- off the like, field. He just limps. He's just limping. It's just like, oh my god, I can't walk. And it's just like, oh well, that was better than what Fournette would have done right there. Well, just, that's super here, concerning. Here's the thing, though. I think I think Ro- Rojo is a better runner, but yeah. I he's terrible in the passing game. Like he's he's completely unreliable in the passing. Didn't game. Didn't you say he had rocks for hands? Yeah, that's he so can't tough. Catch. Yeah. Let's let's ask this question here, TK. Yeah. Who is the Bucks running back week one, 2021? Craig Crowell. I think it's I think it's gonna <laughs> be Ronald Jones. I think Ronald Jones is gonna be a starter. I do think there's a pretty strong chance they re-sign Fournette to like a one year he, he's on a one year two million dollar deal this season. I could see him coming back on something similar. And then they just do the rotation thing again. Cause he's like everything you've heard about him this year is he's matured. He's been humbled in terms of like he's in, he tweeted this like this is a humbling season or something like that like in November. Um, he's been humbled. He's realized like his place, his role in the offense is to be that like he's a role player now. He's gone from being the superstar like top four pick, you know, he, he all the way down like to when he was in high school. He's just been like the guy, and now he's realizing he's got to be uh, a role player. So I think. You know, just from a personal point of view, like I think that's a a very cool like story, like him having that growth and having that realization, like um, to to like be that part of a team. I guess like that. I think that's kind of cool. But at the same time, I don't think he's gonna like rock like rocket ship and propel him into like being a star again at this point. 
There was a cool story that came out last week, two weeks ago, I don't remember uh, where I saw this, so I apologize to whatever reporter dug this up, but basically Devin White, the linebacker for the Bucks, was, you know, saw, I think Brady made the Pro Bowl, and he was, he, Devin was just upset that I, like, I didn't make the Pro Bowl, he's like, I did this, I did that, and Tom Brady told him, like, man, there's only one bowl I care about, it's not the Pro Bowl. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I do think that as much as it's kind of easy to overlook the the personal side of it, I think it's huge what you're saying, DK. Of like, it, it is crazy to be 17, 18 years old. You're the number one running back in the United States of America, and then you go to college, right. and it's like you're the number yeah. one running back in the United States of America, and then the NFL is like you're the number one running back in the United States of America, <laughs> and then you get cut. And this the Jaguars thing happens, and Tom Brady's like, yeah, let's just win a Super Bowl, dude. Like it does. Like your individual status doesn't matter. Like I do think it's incredibly influential on Fournette and the rest of the. You team. did a much better job of explaining that situation than I did. I was a little bit stumbly, but that like, that's like perfect. I think that's just a cool, these are the types of stories that come out during the Super Bowl is like how guys like buy into a team thing. And he, I think Fortnite even said something like, he's like, I'm not the asshole that people make me out to be. Cause he got, <clears throat> you know, he got arrested, I believe on a, a, a DUI. Um, you know, there was the whole situation with him sitting on the bench and like yes. Coughlin got all like huffy puffy about it, you know? And like, that was this whole thing. Like he was a diva or something, and so he said. He said that like recently. He's like, I'm not the asshole um, that people thought I was. He, he says, hopefully, whatever was out there on my name, hopefully it will change because I'm not the asshole they say I was. I just love football and I love winning. That's about it. And I, I'm like, man, when I'm reading about this, I'm like, we were already big Lenny Forns fans. I'm like, man, I love this. I love this guy. I think it's such a cool story. Um, you know, resurgence late in his career when it, it really looked like it, he was just pretty much <laughs> done in the league. He just turned 26. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> no, yeah. But he looks like he's, he looks 50. Yeah, <laughs> mentally, it's late in his career because he should be peaking yeah. right now as a running back. You know Bad Boys 2, when the guy comes to pick up Will Smith's daughter and he's like, how old are you? And he's like 17. He's like, you look 30. <laughs> yeah. Like that was for Nat when he was going to college. <laughs> I mean that yeah if you watch the, I was watching some videos of him coming out of high school and, and going to LSU and he's like twice as big as all these other people like on the field so he still has some of the most fun college tape to watch that dude picks out defenders yeah, and runs people. at them it was so fun do you guys hear yeah. the snow plow outside my house right now no I'm under a oh yeah hi Fitz. How, how is the storm going by the way uh I, I give us the update I was shoveling snow because you don't want to do 18 inches all at once <laughs> so I did the first foot or whatever, and by the t- I looked behind me, and as I sh- finished the like the sidestep, and it was all covered in snow again, like literally before I finished. <laughs> so anyway, I hope you enjoyed so the it's fucking coming beach, down. Craig. It's coming down. All right. All right. Lenny Forns, Lenny Dubs, whatever his name is, great. Lenny Dubs. That's his Lenny name. Dubs? All right. It's <laughs> Lenny Dubs now. Let's talk to Bill Simmons. We're gonna, he's, he has this fantasy format where they actually use the NFL playoffs, and I like it, and it goes all the way through the Super Bowl. I kind of think that's how it should be. So let's talk to Bill. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped 
for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Okay, now we are joined by Podfather himself, Bill Simmons. What's up, Bill? Hi, guys. How are you? Hello. I came here to talk about my fantasy playoff gimmick that we've been doing in our East Coast League forever. That's actually really fun, and I think everyone should adopt it. How did you come up with it? Like, were you just pissed one year when you lost and couldn't play fantasy anymore? No, this was, we came up with this a long time ago. I think we, you know, rightly so, we looked at fantasy like, ah, it sucks when it ends. Mm -hmm. You know, and we had this league since 1990 and it would go through week 17. So we went through all those hiccups in the early mid nineties where it's like, oh wait, they're resting everybody. And we're having the finals during a round where like, they've just rested my best running back. Yeah. So all these different iterations. And then finally we came up with this in the early two thousands and we've had it ever since. And, uh, you basically protect six, we add positions and then you get to draft from everybody else. Only the top four teams make it. So um, I we see. add a quarterback. Got it. So it's basically two quarterbacks, three running backs, three receivers, a flex, a defense, and a kicker. Mm. And this year we added a wild card because of because uh, of uh, the extra playoff game. So do you have to keep six, or can you keep less? You don't. You can keep zero. Oh, you don't have to. There's no. There's no rule on it. So the big things this year. Where um, that extra wild card game and having the two seed in it, I thought made Buffalo more valuable. So I ended up keeping six, and my six were I finished second. So we should mention it's the top four. It's not a snake draft. So when we're drafting from the other teams, you pick first in every round if you're the first place team. So that's one advantage. Oh, wow. okay. The other advantage is when you're when when we're drafting before the season. You have playoff guys in mind, right? Mahomes is more valuable in our draft <laughs> than he would be in a normal draft yeah. because you know he's probably going to play in the AFC title game and you have this awesome chip. So, it, you know, like next year, Mahomes versus Justin Herbert. Now you take Mahomes anyway, but Justin Herbert, if like, I don't think he's going to make the playoffs, he's not as valuable in the first couple of rounds, right? Russell Wilson is somebody, sorry, Danny. Every year he, he is a <laughs> valuable right. draft pick because Seattle's always good. And as we know now, Seattle is not going to be good anymore, and they've kind of fallen in the pack. Like they'll the Patriots, give you, but, they'll give you a wild card game every year, and then well, Brady's bow the perfect out. example of that because like Brady's not exactly like a fantasy football asset anymore. But now, if he plays next year, like they could go far and get in the playoffs. You never know, right? Hold on. So 
when you start, so do you actually finish the league in the regular season, like week 17 or whatever is the championship, then it's an, an additional championship on top of that? It's 17 weeks. After 17 weeks, the top four advance to the playoffs. No, so Danny, it's only one championship. I yeah, think. okay, that's what I was curious about. So this is like extendor season. I like it, okay. Oh, yeah. So <sighs> one of the things that happened this year was Mahomes and Josh Allen were not on any of the four playoff teams. So oh. I was trying to get the one seed because I really wanted Mahomes. My team choked in the last week. I lost. I dropped down to number two. So my keepers, I kept Ryan Tannehill. I kept Jonathan Taylor. I kept DK Metcalf, Godwins, Evans, and and Kelsey, who I drafted in the second round, hoping that they would make the playoffs, mm. right? So the team I'm going against, he had Brady as his quarterback. He had Kamara. He had um, A.J. Brown, and I think he had Andrews and like Valdez Scantling, something like that. So he took Mahomes first. So here, here is the order of the draft. This is a... Uh, First round was Mahomes. I took Josh Allen. Then there were three receivers. It was uh, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and Ty Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. And I was hoping Tyreek Hill would fall to me in the second round. Adams goes third pick. Diggs goes fourth pick. Mm. And then the guy who was in first place, he should have taken Tyreek Hill. He took Russell Wilson. Oh, that's a big, big fatal mistake. Big, big, big <laughs> fatal mistake. So Tyreek Hill falls to me. Yeah. So now I have Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. Oh, and my geez. plan was I'm yeah. loading wow. up because that's I was loading up on Buffalo, but also I knew I had Hill and Kelsey. So then it goes second round was Wilson Hill, Lockett, Michael Thomas. Nobody mm. knows he has 17 injuries. Yeah. Third round. Brown, I don't know which Brown that, uh, that, that was John. Marquise Brown. Oh, that would make sense. Oh, Marquise. I took Dobbins because I needed a running back. Edwards Hilaire, and then this guy, Russ, who's the fourth place team, which you're just taking puncher's chances at dudes. He takes Baker Mayfield. Oh. You're like, oh, that's interesting. So now all of a sudden we're in the KC game. If Mayfield beats KC <laughs> and Mayfield like can get winner. to wow. third round, yeah, he's like could win the league. So that's kind of what you have to do is the fourth pick. And then after that, it was the next round was Antonio Brown. I took the Saints D. I should have taken the Bucks D. Juju, Kareem Hunt. Next round was Connor, Buffalo D, Steelers D. And then basically everybody filled up their team. So my team heading into the playoffs was Tannehill and Josh Allen were my QBs. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, who got who was a great pick, who ends up getting hurt. I, I should have gotten three yeah. games out of him. Metcalf, Godwin Evans, Kelsey, Buffalo D, Tyreek, Suckup, and Saints D. So everybody's gone now, but I still have, I have Godwin and Evans, I have Kelsey and I have Tyreek. And more importantly, I have a 60-point lead. Yeah, I was gonna say, is this does so the points just the points just keep totals. going? Totals. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Totals. So I have a 60 point lead. <laughs> and Tyreek. The team and that might catch me, the first place team, he has like Brady Mahomes, Ronald Jones, Antonio Brown, who's hurt, and Bucker. Oh, it's a wrap. It seems like a wrap. I'm a I'm a prohibitive favorite. But mm. but anyway, I was sweating it out. So the two the two key moments were Wilson losing in round one, uh, Mayfield not advancing. In round two. And then the fact for me that the Bucks ended up making the yeah. Super Bowl and I had two of the receivers. So <laughs> no, Godwin and shape. Evans is but like isn't right this there. more fun than just yeah. is this more fun than just having fantasy end after week sixteen? You gotta admit. Danny, what do you think? Which Danny? 
<laughs> there's two. Well, you got to clarify. Heifetz seems, <laughs> seems the most confused. <laughs> well, I mean, well, Danny Kelly's the one who can't do math live on air. But no, yeah. I love this. I mean, I think that there's definitely a clear gap because the fact that fantasy doesn't have a real presence in the playoffs is just a mistake. And I really think that this is just another example of there's all these issues with fantasy football from the pre-internet era that have stuck with it into now that we're 20 years into the internet era. And this is one of them that it was probably a lot harder to conduct another draft or whatever after between the regular season and the playoffs. So it just wasn't a thing. You guys made it a thing. But this is one of those things. I don't see a reason that this shouldn't be a standard thing. Like, I think this is just more fun. It would be way more fun if every league extended to the playoffs. I think the hardest part is convincing your league. Like, Bill, how many people yeah. were against you? And like, no, I got first place. I don't want to go into the playoffs and like potentially lose. You know, I don't remember. I remember I was the one. I came up with this format <laughs> way back when and talked some people into it, but it was contentious. Yeah. But I, I think ultimately. You had to whip up like some support from the group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But ultimately, <laughs> we all landed on two things that made it more fun. The first was that it was fun in the actual draft before the season to try to value real playoff guys. Mm -hmm. You know, like in our draft, Brady was always valued a couple rounds higher than in a normal draft because you knew you were going to get at least two playoff games out of him. Yep. So that part was fun. Um, and you would see like, trying to think like so, somebody who puts up stats on a shitty team. James Robinson. I mean, like McCaffrey was on the he McCaffrey is on the Panthers. His teams are not going to the playoffs, at least not lately. Yeah. Right. So that becomes the question of how high do I draft McCaffrey? Whereas like Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. Edwards Hilaire was like the seventh pick in our draft because people were thinking, mm -hmm. oh, if when they get in the playoffs, he's going to be this incredibly valuable running back in the playoffs. Turns out that was wrong. So I think the valuing the playoff guys in August is a really fun wrinkle. And then the other thing is that the actual, you know, the way it plays out, where basically the top two teams are going to be competing unless you have a situation where one of the other two t rolls the dice with the Baker Mayfield situation. I remember there was one year, um, Jake DeLome, when he was on the Panthers, when they made the <laughs> Super Bowl, he played four playoff games. Yeah. And I think he might he might have won whoever the league that year because he was putting up QB stats. It was basically you're getting an extra 100 points out of it. Yeah. So the wrinkle of you kind of have to go into that draft really feeling strongly about certain teams. Like I did really well in the in gambling and stuff for this playoff. So I was just, I really like Buffalo. I really like the Bucks. I want to stay away from uh, Baltimore. I want to stay away from Seattle. There are certain stay away teams for me and that worked out. But, you know, you look at like, that Wilson versus Tyreek Hill decision probably cost my friend Mahady, who was the first place team, that probably cost him the title. Yeah. Because yeah. Tyreek is, I don't know how many points he's put up, but Wilson was sucked in that round one. You use up a quarterback spot, and that was it. That's going to be the difference. This is great because the other thing I wanted to, that I have started to love a lot more lately is the idea of doing like a, I don't know what, it's, what you call it, like a battle royale over the last few weeks for the playoffs. Instead of doing like a one, like a head-to-head, -head, you know, where one guy, you, like you, you have the best team all year, and then one guy can get lucky in the last, like you have Alvin Kamara score 60 points, and then you're like, great team. And this is me speaking from experience, like I hate that. And yeah. so I love the idea, and I have a couple leagues that do this, where you have the last two weeks, or sometimes the last three weeks, it's just total score. And therefore, like, you're, you're kind of guaranteeing the best team wins or the team with the deepest roster, which is a lot of times the best team. So I, I love that. I think that's great. Extending it to the playoffs is like this whole new level of 
you know, you have to really be thinking ahead. So I love that. Well, yeah, it doesn't make sense that as football gets more serious and important in real life, it gets less important in serious in fantasy. Like they should be aligned, right? Like when yeah, football is the most totally. important, fantasy should be a thing. This reminds me of the real playoffs too, because like Bill said, you get the first pick if you're the number one seed. The number one seed getting a bye in the playoffs is this massive advantage, massive advantage. Home, home, home field, all that. So I love the idea that, you know, if you, you're rewarded for your regular season too, you know, you get the advantages of home field advantage or whatever. How do you do the draft if it's not like, do you just do it over email? Yeah, we did it. We did it over text. We just banged through it. <laughs> I, it's interesting. That one of the things that comes up with this is whether it's better to have somebody for three weeks or four. Because, like, mm -hmm. I thought KC was probably going to be Buffalo. But if I really thought Buffalo was going to make the Super Bowl and I could get four Josh Allen games and I had the first pick it actually might make more sense to take Josh Allen. If I'm convinced they're going to be Kansas City, I wasn't convinced. But if you can get four games out of a quarterback or four games out of some awesome receiver, that's going to swing it. I think the one thing we probably should do that we didn't, that we have never done, we've always just been the prizes for the title. There should probably be something where it's like 50% for the regular season yeah. win and then 50% for the playoffs, something right. like that. So you are rewarded for being the uh, one seed heading into it, or maybe even if it was like one third of the pool. Um, we, we're just, we like doing it winner takes all. And, you know, you're kind of all in on that. Right. It's more fun. Yeah. I, I, I like the other part of this where you have an instinct for how the playoffs will go and you're rewarded for that. Like you're probably going to win because you had a feeling for the Chiefs and you wanted to pair Hill and Kelsey. I feel like that's another part of fantasy that isn't, like Craig said, it's not aligned with real life. I've always been fascinated by the idea of, if players only care about their stats when they win, I feel like you should only get stats in fantasy when your players win. I've always wondered if you could do yeah, that. Yeah, it's always wanted that you don't get any points if the team loses. You get literally zeros, <laughs> and that part of it right. has to be like, oh, congrats, Christian McCaffrey got 200 yards and three touchdowns, and they lost by 30. Like, I've always just wanted, <laughs> like, like how much more, va like, it would just be so much more in tune with the value of a player, not just for having Brady in the playoffs, but the Patriots won 13, won 13 games, so Brady got you points in 13 weeks. That's just a much more realistic or maybe you just get like a five point boost if the team wins or something maybe that's what it is well the other there's a couple other fun things one is so you can keep three receivers but you have a flex and then this year we added the wild card because the extra playoff team so i went into it with three receivers i had metcalf godwin and evans and i had the second pick you could argue i should have taken Devonte adams there if i felt like the packers are 100 percent a playoff team that are gonna is gonna go to the super bowl he's the best receiver in the league I, I should just take him and grab the points. But I just felt like I wasn't 100% sold on Green Bay. They weren't playing in round one. And I felt like I was going to get three Allen games. Ironically, Allen didn't even do that well um, in those games. The other fun wrinkle is you have to fill at least two quarterbacks. So, oh. and then if you want, like we, you could be the third quarterback, could be your wild card. We made it so the flex couldn't be a quarterback. But so the team... The Pasta Express, the team that um, he's Italian, the team that um, Pasta Express that had the first seed. He had Brady and Mahomes. He kept Brady, oh, drafted wow. Mahomes first, then drafted Wilson in the second round. So he had three quarterbacks, which oh, you historically have a, you have a is is a good way to win. Oh, yeah, because okay. quarterbacks in our league, especially the quarterbacks, the points are um, you get bonus points for fifty yard touchdown shit like that. <laughs> um, but there were there were two quarterbacks that were not taken. Phil Rivers mm. and Trubisky. Yeah. But yeah, what correct. we've seen 
what we've seen in years past, sometimes people need to pad the, they need to get that second quarterback, but sometimes there's only six good quarterbacks in the playoffs. Right. So you end up with my second quarterback is somebody who then gets like a minus six or something. Cause in our league, you have to throw for 250 yards passing just to start to get points. What? Oh, I love yeah. that. That's amazing. 249 doesn't get points. No. So Lamar is so Lamar is like worthless in this league. Lamar runs for 100 yards every game, but he doesn't throw for 250. Lamar is invaluable in our what? league because you got to get the 75 yards rushing That's and you hilarious. have to get the 250 yards passing or your points don't activate. We don't we don't like we don't condone the 170 yards passing, 110 what? yards rushing. Are you scoring this by what? hand? How do you what what website it scores this? Well, initially it was by hand, but now yeah, it's, we use the CBS website. Did you come do up with the 250 rule? The 250 rule is insane. You know what? I I have fought to change this. And I actually was out of the draft for a few years because once I was on the West Coast, it became harder. And I tried, and then I came back a couple of years later because they, they made me feel guilty. Um, but I, uh, I I wish we just were traditional because you'll have these, we, we'll have these weeks where people will score like 210 points because Tyreek Hill got a 75-yard <laughs> touchdown and it's worth like 30 points. <laughs> Because it's like touchdown bonus, all these <laughs> yeah. things. You're like, oh my god, what happened? I just, I'm thinking about like uh, Lamar Jackson, Week One, 2019, throws for like five touchdowns, but only had 200 passing yards, and the 200 passing yards don't count. None of it counts. Pretty much. Yeah, the passing touchdown counts. That's just oh, okay. unbelievable to me. I, Bill, you have all right. You have a lot of opinions on scoring, and we've been arguing yeah. all offseason. I mean, D, DK here is very pro PPR. I hate it. I know you hate it. I'm curious how you feel if points per first down is a compromise between the two. It's too confusing. Riley McAtee's big on it, right? Yeah, he kind of, you know, that's his baby, I think. The goal of football is to get yards, first downs, and then touchdowns. I don't know why anything else should be valuable. Catches are not, but first downs are better than yards. I, I don't like it. I don't love PPR, but I think half PPR has been a good kind of compromise. Agree. I like half PPR. It, it kind of sprinkles it on... Oh, all the sides. That's the math. I, I think our goal with football is to make it seem as, I mean, this league that we have certainly is not that realistic. Um, <laughs> hey, what are your rule like, book? Like the tax code? You don't get points till 250 yards. Like, I, I feel like you're going to take a class to play in that league. <laughs> exactly. Hey, listen, if you want, if you're QB, earn your points, get to 250 <laughs> yards. Okay. Just do your thing. It's a passing league. Uh, I think yeah. it's ridiculous. The keeper league that I started this year, one of the, I, it always made me mad that pick sixes weren't worth more against the quarterback. So that's minus four in that league. Mm, okay. And there's a couple times that that was really good, but I, I actually really like that. I, I think pick sixes. So Lamar had a pick six yeah. in the playoffs. And in this league, it was only a minus two. I, mean, I was like, that's the worst playing football. If you throw a pick six, how is that only a minus two? It's the same as an interception. I want to, yeah. I want to know what Jameis Winston's points were in that season, <laughs> last in 2019. Oh my God. Seriously. It's wash. <laughs> so anyway, I think I'm going to win. The The only way I, because I have, if Brady does incredibly well, I'm still recovered because I have the two receivers. Yeah. If Mahomes does really well, I have Tyreek and Kelsey. So you're going to turn Pasta Express al dente. Right. He's, he's really upset. Wait, what's your team name? My team name is the Hammocks. Why? Do I want to ask why? It used to be the Banana Hammocks. So now it's been shortened <laughs> to the Hammocks because they there was one time, you know, those shorter underwear things where they're not boxers. They're like the, the tighter ones, the jockeys. Yeah. Yeah. It was the, the friends episode with the banana briefs. 
So I had that, yeah, I had those on one weekend and somebody saw them and they were like, you wear banana hammocks. And that just became my team nickname, the banana hammocks. <laughs> what year was this? Uh, in the 90s. <laughs> this is he early. Was partying at, he was partying at Ibiza and someone saw him in his banana hammock. Rob Stone is in this league. His name is uh, Plenty Cheese. <laughs> what? Or AKA the Cheese. Because he's, we always used to make fun that he was cheesy. So he's, his, oh, <laughs> This thing was uh, plenty cheese. So yeah, this is a great format. Thank you. We got we got to do this. Let's do let's do. We need to do a league like this next year. I think, think? the pl- yeah the playoffs incorporating the playoffs would work because the I love the, this the, idea. Yeah, I already reached out to my big long term league and was like, we need to. F- I told them about Bill's league and I was like, we need to figure something out. I'll send you all the rules. It's really it's a lot more simple than uh, than I probably made it seem because basically the top four <laughs> advance. You just fill yeah. in some extra things. And the fact that there's 14 playoff teams now, I think it adds a little more variability to it, you yeah. know, because you get two extra quarterbacks. Like, if we, think about it, if we didn't have those two extra teams, somebody probably gets stuck with like Trubisky. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you're just screwed. <laughs> the best thing you did was the draft idea where it's not snake, because then it actually gives the guy in first. That like actually a is advantage. a very good rule. Because totally. I think if I was in first, I wouldn't have agreed to do this playoff thing. But now the, the way that the, you guys draft makes me think, oh, I could probably get a pretty stacked team. Well, the other thing is, and this has been an unusual playoffs because you would have thought Buffalo would have been like an awesome team to ride because they played three games, but Allen's stats weren't really that great. And Diggs was fine, but he wasn't awesome. And Zach Moss got hurt. And in general, like they didn't really put up big stats. Um, and then on the NFC side, like, you know, Brady, I guess he had three TDs, three picks last week, but it's not like Brady was really lighting it up either. And their running backs were fine, not great. But in general, no. it's kind of a boring fantasy season for playoffs. Yeah. 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 And Devontae didn't either. I mean, we've been doing this DFS game where we, you know, pick players and we do trivia. And, and it's been a running joke where, you know, I someone wins Derrick Henry and then the loser has to take J.K. Dobbins and then Dobbins out does Henry. It's like I took Devontae Adams and then Valdez Scantling does better. It's just it, the stars haven't been producing at the level <laughs> yeah. you've kind of expected, except for Kelsey Travis and Kelsey, who you have. Yeah. Right. And Godwin, honestly, Godwin's been good Godwin, too. Yeah. Even with like the 19 drafts. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. I did a thing on my pod on Sunday. I, I just think this Kelsey Hill thing is becoming bigger than just one season. Like, I, I think that as a combo, they're starting to move into this historical realm. You know, mm, like yeah. the, the stuff when I was growing up, like Lynn Swan and John Stallworth and just these combos that, you know, is here about or like the Washington when they had all the Smurfs together and and Taylor and Rice and just these iconic comp Duper and Clayton. And we, yeah. we haven't had that as much in the last 15 years. And I, I think Kelsey and Hill are going to be remembered in a whole different way. I think you're right about that. At some point, it just becomes a math problem. It's just Hill's the fastest player in the league and Kelsey's just the biggest slot receiver. It's like you can call him a tight end, but it's just if the biggest slot receiver you know, he's six foot six or whatever. And those two players on the same field, and then you have Mahomes, it's three stars that all just pull defenders toward them. Honestly, I think it's like basketball in the is. same way Steph Curry, just by existing on the court, has gravity, right? He's pulling defenders toward him. Hill and Kelsey pull guys toward them in a way that defenses can't do anything about it. Yeah, and then you got guys like Byron Pringle catching balls. Yeah, because <laughs> he's wide open. And that's what the difference between Kelsey and Gronk is because they approach their offense like it's basketball yeah. and there's mm. just space you know like it's like when the bucks have Giannis, their whole goal is to like spread things out so he has space to try to get to the rim and kelsey's the same way gronk was always covered by 17 guys and getting interfered with on He's every play bigger. 
There was no space because we had no deep thread. It was all (laughs) people doing crisscrosses and then they're trying to float Gronk, but they always had dudes on them. And Kelsey, it's like, you can't do that. When they put the three dudes together with Tyreek and the odds of Tyreek squirting through and just running 70 yards downfield, like then Kelsey can do whatever he wants on the other side. Yeah, exactly. That's their best formation. Yeah. yeah, When Kelsey's alone, they have the trips on the other side. It it really is just whatever you want to do. You put two safeties deep. It's like, then they can just run the ball like they did against the bills in week six. They're in for like 250 yards or whatever. That was the most in an Andy Reid coached game. But then you want to shade a safety to either side. Hill and Kelsey, neither of them, can be covered by one person. It's just, it. the Chiefs have kind of broken the math of football. It's like 11 on 11 doesn't work versus them when they're all healthy. You play Madden though, right? These were always yeah. the Madden formations that worked, right? When you ran the yeah. trips <laughs> and then you send the tight end to the other side into space and it was it would always work on third down or you would do, <laughs> like Buffalo was running that Madden thing where they had no receiver and they would spread the running backs wide and Allen would take a beat and then he would just run. I was like, oh, total Madden play. That was like my third and sixth play. Uh, I wonder if like Madden is affecting play calling now in positive ways. It might be. Honestly, a a man-to-man Travis Kelsey out route works in Madden every time and it works in the real NFL every time. By the way, you guys aren't old enough to remember like Madden in the mid-90s. The the tight end, that was like the first play that reliably worked with like Ben Coates or (laughs) Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, where it was just like third and six, send the tight end in space. Yeah. Travis Kelsey every year leads the, he is number one in fantasy and God damn it. Why didn't I draft him every year? I'm like, Hey, he's 30. Maybe he'll kind of drop off. He does it. And you're just pissed. That's why I did in this playoff league. I took him like 12th in the whole draft. I was like, fuck it. Every year, I'm always jealous of whoever had Travis Kelsey because he's <laughs> twice as good as yeah. every other tight end. Then he's in the playoffs. He's the I only valuable tight end. Yeah, Kelsey Seriously. had twice as many receiving yards as I think every other tight end except like Darren Waller. Right. Yeah, he's a joke. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You have to like cross your he's fingers. He's not a tight end. It's... You cross your fingers and you hope you strike oil with the Darren Waller guy. But how often does that happen? Like once, right. once a decade? Yeah. It's not worth it. Is there ever going to be a third chief? Like, I was thinking about this this morning, actually. Sammy Watkins is one of the highest paid receivers in the NFL. He was like a top 10 pick. And I can't remember any play from him this season. You know what I mean? It's always Kelsey and Hill. They concentrate. Like, the way that they concentrate their offense through those two guys, I think is pretty fascinating. It's like we're always searching for, oh, this guy's on the Chiefs now. But, like, does it actually matter? Because... You know, it's just going to go to Hill and Kelsey anyway. Yeah, I'm curious what basketball team the the Chiefs remind you of, Bill, because I think football is so much like basketball now. It's like both sports, it was like the paint or the running game was the center of the sport. And then they've changed the rules, so you can't be as physical on defense in either sport. And then it becomes about spacing, right? It's passing or three-pointers. And now the Chiefs, I, I don't know if it's the Warriors or what, but they rem- they're just they're such a basketball team to me. You know, I've thought about this. Curry, Curry to me is Tyreek Hill because yeah. of the space because teams are so scared of him all the time. Anytime he's moving, the whole defense has to react to it. There's Yeah, he's just as dangerous without the ball as he is with it. Yeah. Exactly. The space he creates just by being him reminds me of Curry. I would say Kelsey is like the Clay Thompson, right? He's just catch and shoot. And it's just like, if this guy, if we get him here, this is three points every time. But you could also say he's like like almost like a Giannis, like pick and roll play him off, send him to the basket, something like that. And then Mahomes would be like the LeBron type, you know, like the the guy, the queen on the chessboard. 
where it's yeah, like yeah, he's he can inevitable. Throw a sixty yarder. He can run for ten yards. He can throw a quick out. He can do everything. Kind of fuels through him. So it would almost be like if LeBron was playing with Curry and Clay Thompson. <laughs> I think that's actually <laughs> yeah. Good that's comparison. why they're so. It's a fucking all star game. Yeah. That's why they're winning. <laughs> that's a good comparison because I think the Brady Jordan comps to this. Sorry, the Tom Brady Mahomes comps to. It's kind of like if LeBron played Michael Jordan in the finals. And I think it's legit in part because Mahomes has the LeBron-esque thing of he's not just the most physically gifted. He's also might already be the smartest quarterback or at least can process things. Like, it's not just he has this big arm. It's he can look off defenders so quickly in a way that it's just unguardable. It's like the same way LeBron's the fastest player and the strongest player and also the smartest player. It's like, what the hell are you supposed to do? Just a matter of who they're playing with. That's why the Watkins piece of it doesn't matter. The running back piece (laughs) is the part that you know, that that's almost like having a center, right? It's like having, <laughs> yeah. you know, that year that the Warriors tried to add Boogie Cousins. It's like, oh, what's this? This'll, yeah. now they'll be able to post up and do things. And that that's kind of what they always try to do. But ultimately, it doesn't seem to matter who the running back is. Yeah. You know, like last year, it was like, whatever. Williams just did stuff. And yeah, it's like Joel Anthony or who was the heat center? It's just like, they're, right. they're the replaceable cogs. Yeah, it's like when, uh, like when the heat had like Mike Miller. Yeah. And he was he was fine, but on the heat, he was awesome because the one thing he could do is just hit threes and that's it. Um, I got to go because I forgot I have a 10.30 meeting that I'm eight minutes late for. <laughs> <laughs> Don't no miss problem. that. It's All good right. to see you guys, though. You too. Good luck to the hammocks. You, Thanks. Well, I'll tell you how it turns out for the hammocks. <laughs> when you win, you got to put the money in a GameStop, Bill. By, by the way, I wear boxers now, just for the record. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to but know. I've been boxers for 20 years. All right. Good to see you guys. Bye. Right. All right. Later, Bill. All right, that was Bill Simmons. I'm Danny Heifetz. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to Craig. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Bill. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you, Lenny. Thank you, Lenny Forns. Lenny Dubs. And oh shit, we should have had we should have had Bill pick the band. Oh yeah. He would have done Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam Creed. Yeah. Or some uh yacht. Creed. It would have been Yacht Rock. Yacht Rock. <laughs> thank you, Yacht Rock <laughs> radio station. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Yacht Rock. Every, every, all of Yacht Rock. DK, you a Yacht Rock guy? Uh not so much. I like Yacht Rock. Well, like, give me a give me a few examples. Doobie Brothers. No. No. I mean, I'm not like a big fan. I probably wouldn't turn the channel. <laughs> All right, never mind. So we're not thanking the Doobie Brothers. We're still thanking. What genre is Michael McDonald? Oh my god. I just think he's his own genre. See his own genre. <laughs> give me a few more yacht rock examples here. Uh, Steely Dan. Okay, that's fine. Sure. Anyone named Dan can get a thank you on this podcast. Thank you, Steely Dan. Thank you, Lauren. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, 
You don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. 